Hi, um, welcome to the latest episode of our myth-busting uh, second season Excellent Marketer podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is my colleague Tom Spitali and Sean Wellham. Hi, guys. Hi, Mary. That was a mouthful. <laughs> hey. hey, Mary. Myth-busting. Who named this program? Um, <laughs> it was you. Oh, so it actually today... was a really good idea, too, by the way. <laughs> so today, we are compelled to uh, bust the myth of um, the idea that, especially in B2B, um, customer needs and really understanding customer insights is hard and expensive. And... Uh, so, Tom, is there even more to this myth? Yeah, this one really needs busting because, as you said, Mary, people think it's it's hard uh, to get insight into B2B customer needs and expensive, just as you said. They also think that they don't have enough time. That's too time-consuming. And another thing that we hear all the time is that they think, well, if I ask B2B customers what the, they need, they'll just lie anyway you know, to protect their own interests. They'll say, uh, mm -hmm. well, I need the lower price or I need faster delivery, but they don't think they're going to get any, you know, real truth. But the fact is, is that the three of us, we've seen solutions to, to all of these issues that all of them we think are actually very wrong. For example, Sean, this idea that marketers say there's not enough time to do B2B customer research. What do you, what do you think about that one? Yeah, you know, I, I've heard that more often than I would like to have heard it. And to me, it's it's like saying I'm too busy to eat. You know, some things are just fundamental to your well-being. And if you're in B2B marketing, then you need to make time. It's a case of reordering priorities. Um, I, I think when people use that excuse, it's it's often because they, they're really busy, right? I don't know anyone who's not busy these days, but that they see customer insight as being maybe a, a big effort or a specific thing when the fact is you're, you're always picking up clues from customers, whether you do it formally or informally. So to me, the, the, the answer to the question or the statement, I'm too busy, is make time because there is nothing more important. If you're in marketing, customer insight should be the one thing that takes priority over just about everything else. It's food and drink. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other like excuse you hear, the ahead. other thing I hear also is, is, is not just the time. And often time is just another way of people saying, I don't have the budget. You know, it's, it's too expensive. It's a resource issue, which, which we've seen as well, Mary. People just claim it's going to cost them. Yeah. You know, Sean, you were onto something too that I think we need to, to make clear is what is an example of customer insight? I mean, we, we we're using those words, but maybe some people have different meanings for that. Um, what is your definition of customer insight? And any examples you can give? When I, you know, when I think of insight, it's it's knowing something about the customer that you didn't know before, or confirming something about the customer that you suspected to be true. It's gaining knowledge that you can turn into action. You can use it profitably in positioning your offer, in communicating your value proposition. You can you can use that insight to cut through. And, and have the customer hear you. you. You know something, where they are when they're doing whatever they're doing, how they're receptive to messages, how they actually use your product, how they research. All these things are insights. And if you, if you have that piece of knowledge that you can then use to, to act differently, to 
to be more effective, then you've got a valuable insight. And that's the key. It's not just knowing something. It's knowing something that is useful and you can put to use. That's how I see. That's good, Tom. Yeah, yeah I think it gives you... I think a true insight gives you an opportunity at competitive advantage. The best B2B example, not the best, I mean, one of the the, the, the most um, intense B2B insights, I guess, that I ever saw was in the, uh, this was going back a few years in the in industry of office supplies and was working for a company that sold office supplies. And most everybody thinks that the only thing that people care about with office supplies is the lowest price. And oftentimes when you have these types of what you might call low involvement categories of, of product where people don't think too much um, about the product category itself, I think office supplies probably falls into that category. The sources of insight can often be just instead of asking people questions, watching how they order, what happens after the order is placed, et cetera. And this company decided to just have their delivery people hang around after they had delivered the office supplies. And, and they found out that there was a certain type of really, really busy company, a rapidly growing company, where after they set the office supplies um, down, where, wherever that central meeting point was, and, and by the way, the supplies had been ordered rush because they needed them, that the supplies just sat there for a while because people were actually even too busy to come to the central point and get the office supply. So the insight is, was maybe if we had a service or an ability to get those supplies closer to the person that needs them, maybe that would be useful. So they, they, they created this um, offering where they would actually do desktop delivery of the office supplies. And you see, I think it's WB Mason that does a commercial where they're doing that now. They're bringing it right to the desk of the person that needs the office supplies. And all of a sudden, they were able to take what had been like a price-oriented purchase and add a service that was really valuable to a certain kind of company and charge more for their product. So You know what's interesting, Tom, about that is, is the fact that they didn't ask anybody. They observed it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a key part of getting insight, isn't it? Because if you think of a... Um, okay, it's not B2B, but think of Netflix. Netflix have this really powerful recommendation algorithm that will tell you what program you'll enjoy. And, and more often than not, if you've ever been if you've ever experienced it, it's it's pretty darn good. But they don't ask their customers, their their subscribers, their viewers, they don't ask them anything. You know, the only interaction you have is maybe rating something that you watch, but that's only a small part of the algorithm because they know exactly what you're doing, when you're watching, what you're watching how quickly you get through a box set or a series, um, how how many times you paused it. All these things come together and they create this, this they're, they're essentially watching you, for want of a better word. And that gives them maximum insight because you mentioned at the very beginning how sometimes customers lie to preserve their <laughs> their self-image or to just get you off the phone or or to to say what they think you want them to say. Well, when you observe, you, you cut through all of that, right? You, yeah. nobody, nobody would have said, I want my office supplies delivered to my desk. You sometimes need to have a look and go, I know what we can do. And that's a real insight. That's an insight that very few people will get because most people try and ask their way to insights. Yeah, I want to add to what you're saying. Um, you know, we the term is voice of the customer, VOC. And... Um, so regarding the voice of the customer, and I guess it would be line of the customer, LOC, 
um, you know, I, I have a couple of thoughts on that. But I, when when we don't rely on what they say, but we watch them, like you're saying, um, one of the techniques that that we've used and we've watched our clients use very well, especially in B two B, is a day in the life of a dilo, day in the life of, or if they're out in the middle of minefields, it may be a week in the life of. And exactly what you're saying, Sean, is is you know, they get so much insight by watching customers do whatever they're doing. And when they get frustrated, that gives them clues or when they're really excited about what they're doing Um, in hospitals. You know, I think uh, some of our clients are doing that a lot where they watch and see where the, the nurses or technicians are trying to use something new or something that's just a, you know, jerry rigged. And they get a lot of insights on how they can improve that customer experience. So, you know, I'm, I'm a real fan of that. And Tom, I think you said it's expensive. You know, the myth is it's expensive. Well, the fact is that, you know, you got to get out there, but it's not that expensive. It's not a huge study to do a dilo. Any any experiences on that? Well, yeah, I think, the, you know, you could say, well, the, the delivery people in the office supply case, I had to pay for some quote unquote unproductive time for them to stick around after they delivered the uh, um, the 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 supply so there's you know there's always some cost there but uh, you know for for that level of insight you know it's it's fractions of pennies on the dollar i think the other thing that tends to happen is clients let customer insight opportunities b2b customer insight opportunities slip through their fingers at at, at forums that already exist um you know, you we've know, had it's, a, it's, what's that? Sorry. No, go ahead, Tom. Sorry, I was cutting you off. No, no. Well, rude. I mean, Sean, why don't you, were you going to talk about the different forums? I mean, there's like trade. No, no, I was, I was just going to give an example. You just reminded me when you, because yeah. to me, part of it is you, you've always got to be on. The switch has always got to be on, you know, rather than make it an event and say, I'm going to go and observe this custom, which, which can be awkward, can be, requires some planning and not saying that's a bad thing, but if you, if you're always switched on, if you're, if you're observing as much as you're listening. Yep. You can turn any customer interaction into a potential insight. I was with a, um, I was with this guy who I was trying to persuade to buy used cars online. It was yeah. a wholesale operation back in the '90s when the internet was just becoming a thing. I was trying to be the Amazon of online used car buying, and the guy said to me straight to my face. I sat across his desk. He said, "The thing is, Sean, I will never buy a used car without seeing it. There's too much variability." So there's my first insight is like, holy cow, the, the deal's done. I, and then this, this won't fly. But as he was talking, he, he answered a phone. He said, excuse me. And he's talking to somebody and, and the dialogue went on. Essentially, he was buying a car at an auction. One of his buyers had called him up and was describing this car. And I said, what did you just do? And he said, I just bought a car. I said, but you didn't see it. <laughs> and he said, yeah, but I trust this guy. So then I could say, so the question is, if you had good reason to trust and good good warranties and guarantees, there's nothing to stop you not not seeing it. It's just the fact that you you want to minimize the risk. And he goes, yes. And then we just tweak the value proposition to give some some comfort. But without the observation, without seeing him take that phone call, I would have walked away with a sort of like, we never do that, Sean, because we don't buy used cars without seeing them. And I'd have gone away thinking, time to think of something else. So you've got to be in that habit of always looking and, and and that's where you find the insights, not usually when you're asking, when you, when you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Well, I want to, I want to add to what you were saying, Tom, 
Um, I like I like your switch on, Sean. Um, and some of the forums that I think Tom you were were thinking of is mm-hmm. um, is advisory boards, and we see it's just such an effective way to get customers to um, help you. You can have them for you know they sign up for once a year. They're going to come for two days, and you're going to you know talk about things. And maybe it's just once a month you check in with them. So it's pretty low commitment on the customer's, um, you know, standpoint. But um, but it gives them a chance to weigh in and be a part of it. And a lot of customers love it. They they find that to be a high compliment. And you only keep them on, you know, either it's an event or you keep them on for two years and then half of that advisory board rolls off. But it doesn't have to be real expensive. There is some line, as we're saying, perhaps a bit. But you do want people that have very diverse opinions. You know, you don't want your your the people that all love you because then you're just going to create more of the same. You want some people that uh, are going to provide very different perspectives. Um, and as Sean yep. said, at trade shows or you know when you're walking walking that or you're going to a congress, um, those are times where if that switch is on, you're going to just be a sponge and really absorb things. And you can either take and wear the hat of, well, that's the way things are. Or you can wear the hat of, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity here. So those are some yeah. other ones. That Mary, and, and I think, you know, I, I think when you talk about, especially trade shows uh, as an opportunity, I think what we've seen is the best um, way to approach this is to have some kind of uh, preconceived plan or organization around a set of questions that you want to learn and ask people at trade shows. It's, so it's not just, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's be extra observant at this trade show, although that's a good start, right? As Sean said, the antenna should always be up, right? But I think that if the group, um, the marketing group and the sales group have met beforehand and said, here's a couple of hypotheses that we have about customer needs or customer segments, let's use the upcoming trade show to ask these couple of questions. Let's make you know, let's be disciplined about what we learn. Let's collect the data afterwards. I mean, trade shows done that way have proven to be invaluable to clients that have taken this approach. I love it. There's um, a lot of technology. We need to, to approach some of this too, because we are using a lot more in terms of uh, what we call online bulletin boards and web scraping. Sean, do you want to talk about um, how we're using technology or how our clients are also using technology that brings the cost down and speeds up the time? Yeah, you, I mean, wow, there's so many ways. The, the, the accessibility, the fact that you can get, uh, you mentioned the online bulletin board. If you can get a panel of people that will commit some time, and of course, it doesn't have to be a given amount of time, 12 o'clock on Tuesday, you know, it can be, uh, you keep these bulletin boards open where people can log in and, and reflect on what others are saying. So you can have this, this, this essentially like a focus group type of setup, but spread over days. And that, that lowers the, um, the threshold of getting people engaged because they don't have to give up a specific time. They can drop in and drop out of these things. A great way to get a, a conversation when you want people to bounce off each other, to reflect on each other's comments and come to maybe a consensus or even come to polar opposite positions. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the technology is, is, is simple and available. And also people love to talk, look at social media. That's basically driven by people wanting to share. And if you, um, are watching the 
the, the channels for, for, for commentary on maybe a product or a product class or a type of business. You know, you can set your, your search terms on Twitter. You can search Facebook. You can, you can set up, you can follow people, follow some of the industry thought leaders on Twitter and see some of the conversations. That gives you insight. You can, you can do something as simple as setting up email alerts. You know, just set up an alert and say, I want to see anyone who's talking about, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the product class is. And then you'll get every morning a, a, a bunch of emails, a, a, sorry, email in your inbox that's got loads of links where whatever you've specified has been mentioned. So what used to be um, a very deliberate skill in gathering data, lots of library and desk research, you can you can open the faucet and just turn turn it on and say, right, I want to see everything and then get used to it. I, I see, even though that's very accessible, though, that's one of the areas I think is, is possibly one of the quickest wins. But <laughs> it seems to not always be used effectively by people but there's you know the, the data's flowing by your front door just open and stick your toe in the water mm-hmm. um and tom you have a, a vietnam card sort um and you actually have a video on that that is brilliant because it's it's simple and um and not very expensive can you mention that that type of an option yeah we're getting a little short on time so i'm just going to encourage anybody that's interested in it well let me let me just just sell it a little bit first. I think we found a way to um, make sure customers don't lie. Um, the Vietnam card sort is a methodology that gets them thinking holistically, not just about price or service, but gets them thinking holistically um, about their, their needs. And it can be executed at the end of a sales call um, using simple index cards. And it, it really gets them um, into a, a frame of mind to give you a broad set of B2B needs that they, that they particularly have. Um, that, I mean, that's all I think we have time to say about it today. I would encourage everybody to go to YouTube and type in the words Vietnam card sort. It's a five-minute video that shows the technique, and it has, again, proven to be really valuable for a lot of our B2B clients in gathering customer insights quickly and and truthfully. Great, great, great. And uh, just one note about lying. Um, People do lie. (laughs) Um, If you work with a professional marketing uh, research company, uh, there are adjustments so that, you know, you, you can actually, you know, take that out if some of the technology or the ways that you're collecting it might have some um, adjustments needed. But um, so there are ways to get at that. But hopefully what you've learned from this podcast is um, definitely keep the switch on and um, the river's always flowing, as Sean said. And there are so many techniques that are available that, you know, clearly are not expensive and can be done in very short period of time so that you can collect those customer insights because that really is the nugget to building your differentiation. So, no more excuses. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, and we hope that you've enjoyed this. If you have, please go to our podcast page um, on iTunes and, and rate this. And at any point, we would love to hear any of the myths that you thought of or have heard and you would like for us to address it because uh, we, we love We love talking about, you know, and thinking about ways that marketing can be the very best it can be. So thank you so much for joining us.